0: to the new John Simmons Show. After years of battling a gambling addiction, John found a hope and a future for his life through Christ. He has spent the last several years encouraging others to find joy, peace, and hope in their lives by walking out God's plan for their lives. Now, John wants to help you find the passion, vision, and faith you need to start, writing out God's sentence for your life, and help you add to it every day. Four lines are now open call or text 314-880-0808. Now, here is your host, the new John Simmons. Listen, everybody wants change. Don't nobody want to change.
1: Hey everybody, welcome. It's the new John Simmons Show where you can find God's sentence for your life and become the new you where we talk about finding passion, vision, and faith in your walk with Christ so that your life can overflow with joy, peace, and hope today. Welcome to the program, everybody. Very excited to have you with us. And if you are online, you have the ability to stream the video of tonight's show live on Facebook. All you have to do is head over to Facebook right now or maybe you're already on it, as I see we have some viewers already this evening, Uh, The New John Simmons Show. That's where you post up and, and watch the show, or you can catch it later, your choice. We also have video available on YouTube. Again, search for The New John Simmons Show over on YouTube. These are your ways to stay connected with the show. But we're here, we're live here in the studio tonight, and we have something exciting to talk about, which is our testimonies. What testimony will you leave behind specifically is going to be part of the conversation In tonight's show. I I really like testimonies. As you you might know from those of you who follow the show or know about me, you know that uh, in 2013, God had called me to start a ministry called Testimony House. The goal of this ministry is to be able to encourage people to find and draw out the testimony that God has for their lives. Uh, Originally, and and I, I do like to be honest with folks here on the air that you know, I have no problem admitting when I'm wrong, and hopefully I don't have that problem anyway, and I also have no problem sort of showing you the any of the struggles or any of the things that maybe we've stumbled along the way of our ministry so that you can see that not every path from God is like this super straight line, and you never mess up. No. God's plans for our life, and when you're searching out God's sentence for your life, you'll come into changes in your behavior and your attitude, and, and for us, in the way you see things, because originally... Uh, the testimonies that we thought we were going to share with others were going to be stories of how people found Christ. And we thought we were going to really focus on what God did in the lives of people that brought them to a point of salvation. Using my testimony of overcoming my gambling addiction after 10 years through Christ is sort of the touchstone of the cornerstone of this ministry, to be able to just encourage people that no matter where you came from, what you've done, or what you think you've done, that's sort of prevented you from getting to Christ either you know, in your mind or prevented you from getting to Christ because you've ignored him because you've been doing things your own way. So we really believe in our ministry that listening to the testimonies of people who have been touched by Christ has the absolute power to change your life. I remember for me, when I heard the testimony of Josh Hamilton... I mean, years ago, long before I got born again, I was watching Real Sports with Brian Gumble. I think it was that show anyway. And the story of Josh Hamilton came up. And if you don't know who Josh Hamilton is, of course he is a former and maybe current. Who knows what his story will end up being when it's finished. But as of right now, he's not playing in the major leagues. But he was a professional baseball player. And he was the first-round draft pick in 1999. He found himself sort of dealing with a bit of a drug problem he went down uh, to start training with the team and he was away from his parents for the first time he got into uh, tattoos and while he was at the tattoo shop he got into the drugs because the people around him were getting into the drugs meanwhile uh, he's doing the drugs and I think his in in his book Beyond Belief he says that he spent over a hundred thousand dollars on cocaine the first night that he did drugs (laughs) Uh, I don't know how he's not dead. <laughs> this guy signed a, a $3 million uh, bonus contract. Now, I'm telling you this from memory because like, hearing this was just like, oh, my goodness. And I think this is why testimonies are so important. You can remember them later. They can bring hope and encouragement to what you're thinking about, what you're going through. And for me, I was going through my own addiction, and Josh was sort of relating this story of just like being able to need these drugs, and for me it wasn't drugs, it was gambling, but I could relate to what Josh was going through. And in his story on, on this documentary about his life was sort of the fall. This was the story. The testimony was not that he had this epic comeback and was now playing in the major leagues. The story was about how he was the number one draft pick. He signed for $3 million. He lost all $3 million, and he failed four drug tests before he played a game in the major leagues. And him and Daryl Strawberry hold the hold the significant honor of being the only two people who almost had a lifetime bag, ban from MLB for, for drug use. They were both suspended for over a year because of their drugs failing on the test. And both stories, by the way, are people who found Christ later in life. And this story was talking about how Josh had broken his addiction and inside of his testimony he was talking about how the Lord showed up in his life and removed this addiction from his life, and allowed him to sort of reconcile with his friend, his family relationships, his significant other, and some other things that he wanted to do in life. And I believe the story was talking about how he was attempting to make a comeback, but hadn't fully made one back in the major leagues. Well, the story's been written. Now he makes uh, he makes it on as a as a, a walk on player for the Reds. He makes it into the, as a part time bench role for the the Reds. Eventually, gets traded to Texas, where he wins two MVP awards. Hits more home runs in a round of the home run derby than anybody had up to that point. Uh, Almost wins the World Series and then signs a $125 million contract with the Los Angeles Angels. And he gave all the glory the entire time to the Lord and what the Lord had done in his life and how everything in his life that he had today became because of his relationship with God. What I didn't recognize in his testimony that I do now was the relationship that he had with God. At the time, when I heard his testimony, I heard that he had broken free of his drug addiction. And he had said he had tried all of the rehabs and he had done all the things. And I was very much in tune with what he was saying. I've tried that. No, I've, I've tried to get that off my life too. Josh, how'd you do it? And it wasn't so much how he did it. It was the fact that it happened. It gave me hope, this is true, that I got hope in my life because of what Josh was able to do in his life and break free of his addiction. Just one night, randomly on the couch, I pick up a story about a guy who broke free from an addiction that I felt I felt very personally connected to. He was explaining the same sort of feelings that I had when I was in the midst of my addiction. He was talking about how desperately he wanted to get out of it, that he was sick and tired of being sick and tired, and I could definitely relate to this, and I wanted to see that done in my own life. I didn't recognize... <laughs> uh, that uh, the solution to his problem was Jesus. I didn't, even that part didn't register in my mind. I did not seem to care. But what registered was is that somebody like me got out of it. Somebody who was having the same feelings and thoughts that I was having was able to break free from their addiction and find hope for their lives. It's the prayer that I cry out to God. God, show me a hope and a future for my life. And so his testimony, a lasting legacy of signing baseballs with Bible verses. And, and he has had a few hiccups, you know. And I love I that he has the hiccups. And everybody, there. the first times that, uh, you know, when people find out that I'm a Josh Hamilton fan, and if you notice on the live stream, I have my Texas Rangers gear on. Baseball is about to fire up. My favorite team on the planet, even in Cardinals country, you guys beat us anyway, uh, Was is the Texas Rangers. Not because I'm from Texas, not because they have the greatest baseball team. It's because Josh played for them. I've adopted their team. in a time when I didn't care a lick about baseball, I saw his testimony, and when he started playing for the Rangers, I adopted him as my favorite player, and now their team is mine. And uh, no matter whether or not Josh plays for them ever again or the the memories and the history and the association I have now with the Rangers in my life and breaking free of my addiction and having the testimony to follow was such a tremendous impact in my life that, hey, I'll support a a baseball team that I don't get to go see very often. Although we did get to travel down there last year and got to go in the bullpen and get a private tour of the stadium, that was a good time. Talk about blessings and favor, <laughs> Lord! I'd like to take a tour of the of the Texas Ranger Stadium all by myself. Uh, and then I show up to the tour the tour place and you pay the ten dollars or whatever it was to go in with my family, and no one else came that day for the tour. So uh, I believe his name was Ozzy. Another St. Louis name. Ozzie, this little man who's worked for the Rangers uh, for 20-something years. Ozzie took me and my family on a private tour through the stadium, uh, visiting uh, the room where Josh Hamilton signed his $125 million contract, visiting the mirror that they said they installed so that Alex Rodriguez, when he played for the team, uh, was able to look at himself holding a bat to make sure that he looked good for the cameras. <laughs> this a true story they told us. Uh, he had to make sure that his uniform looked pressed and that he was holding the bat and he looked nice before he would go out on the field in front of the cameras. We got to see all the Udarvish stuff that was up, all the World uh, uh, Championship banners and things that they had had as they'd had some success recently. See the weight room and the underneath the the uh, underneath the stadium they had you know, uh, pitching, entire pitching lanes and batting cages that we all got to walk through and look at. Then we got to sit inside the dugout all by ourselves. It's is a pretty cool story, you know, and I think that uh, none of this would have happened. None of this would have even been part of the testimony that I have now, the memories of my life, had I not seen Josh's testimony on TV that night years and years ago. Why are we saying this? Well, the testimony that we leave behind can have a lasting legacy. We don't just have to be a person who is forgotten. You know, our lives can touch people in a way that we don't even recognize. I don't think Josh Hamilton knows uh, what a tremendous impact his faith walk has had on my life. I'm no one to him, but it has. And whether it's you want someone in your family or you want some person you've never met, there are opportunities in our lives, if we're believers, And we're willing to follow God's plan for our life where we create testimonies. So, of course, drawing this all back to the beginning, when God had me call to start Testimony House, our goal was to share these salvation stories. People who have found Jesus after overcoming some addiction, like Josh, Hamilton, or like myself. But what we found in in the time since is that God really wanted us to not focus on what happened before people found Christ, because usually those stories are filled with all sorts of trouble, right? All the sin in our lives that caused all this grief, all these s- strains on our lives and our relationships, all the things that sort of make us get on our knees and pray in the first place and ask for help and ask for forgiveness. God showed me that we need to focus on what does our lives look like after After God shows up in it, because I believe, and we teach here, that the greatest testimony that you have, the greatest testimony that your life can leave behind, is the one where you find Christ and then find his plan for your life. The greatest story God has for your life is not what he brought you out of, but what he's bringing you towards. Okay, This relationship with Christ, this moment of salvation in your life, it's just... It's just a line in the sand. This was my old life on the one side of it, and this is my new life on the other side. And it's not about just talking about the old life and how we got to the line in the sand. We need to talk about how we raked the sand and changed every inch of it on the other side in a better way than what we left on the other side. God's plan for our lives create this testimony. This whole this tonight's show, tonight's conversation all came about uh, because this morning or this afternoon when it, the mail came to the house, I had gotten a letter uh, from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. I follow this ministry. They've obviously done great work. Billy Graham has gone on to be the Lord, but his family and his ministry legacy is still being written. But I found it interesting, the letter that they sent out, to sort of let people who didn't know Billy Graham had, died, had passed and to let them know about some of their thoughts and things they're going to do moving forward, but inside this letter, and I'll just read parts of it to you tonight, have to do with what testimony we leave behind and the thoughts that I was thinking as I was reading this letter this afternoon. So it starts off with, Dear friend, as you may have heard, my father Billy Graham went into the presence of the Lord on February 21st, 2018. They leave this interesting Bible verse which so much wraps itself around the idea that God has a sentence for your life and that we believe that God is recording the things that we do with our lives and that he has a unique plan for each one of us to do mighty works through the kingdom and through Christ. We see this in Hebrews as great men of God and women of God were able to do what God had asked them through faith and they had their testimonies recorded in this letter. Franklin Graham, the son of Billy Graham, is writing it, and he shares this verse from Revelation 14, 13, which says, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. May they rest from their labors, and their works follow them. Their works follow them. What an interesting thought. This thought that the things that we do leave behind something. This thought that our works are not just going to vanish. What work have we done in our lives that is going to stand behind, stand this legacy? The letter goes on to say, and I want to share these things with you. Many have said that Billy Graham's death ends in an era, but he would be the first to say that when God's ambassadors die in Christ, the Lord raises up others because the preaching of the gospel will go forward until the end of the age. What an encouraging thought, guys. And he's leaving this thought for us to sort of either pick up and take on this mantle or sort of disregard. But he's saying that, hey, look, Billy's gone, and it's sad, and we mourn his his passing. But he was just one guy. He wasn't special in the sense that he was the only man who was ever called by God to share the gospel message or to use their life to see God's will be done on this earth. No. When a God ambassador dies, it says the Lord raises up others. I want to be raised up for Christ. I also want you to be raised up for Christ. That's why I brought this up tonight. My thought initially bringing tonight's show was that, man, I want all of us to be encouraged that we can be risen up to do what God has for us, to do what God you know created you and designed you to do you were literally born to do something for the lord his word tells you that you were given special gifts and talents and that the testimony of your life the greatest story you can tell comes after you find christ in your life but we have to choose to make these decisions we don't get to just stumble upon the greatest path of our life it takes a relationship with christ and then it takes takes recognizing what our duties are. I love this phrasing that he uses. The Lord raises up people that sort of, we were dead and we were, you know, where we were sleeping or we were lazy and that we've got to get up and we've got to move to where we were supposed to go. Like an army on a field who has people who know their roles in the army and their no they know, okay, so I'm, I'm part of this infantry. I'm part of this communications team. I'm part of this information exchange, right? Everybody in the military having different designed things, but they have one leader. And our leader, of course, is Christ, who's been given the plans of God for each individual person. But we have to decide whether or not to rise ourselves up, raise ourselves up and follow after this path. The letter ends by saying, as we lay to rest this very public ambassador talking about Billy Graham, please pray with us that the testimony he leaves behind will touch many lives and point them to salvation in Jesus Christ. And this really struck me, guys. It's the same sentiment that I've been sharing since the beginning of tonight's show. The greatest testimony we have to share is what we do with our lives after Christ shows up in it. Franklin Graham, his son, leaves this letter behind that says, Let's pray that Billy Graham's testimony, and these are the words he uses, leads others to Christ. It doesn't say that the testimony of how Billy Graham found Christ will lead others to them, but rather the testimony of what Billy Graham has done inside God's will. Yes, Billy Graham was an anointed preacher. He's spoken to over 200 million people about the gospel of Christ, and To think that we could all have that role is silly. God does not have each one of us pegged to go speak to the world about Jesus, but we all do have a role. All of us have a different testimony for how we both found Christ and what Christ has for us to do in his kingdom. So when we come back, I want to share with you three testimonies From people you've probably heard about, people who have picked up God's plan in their lives and been able to walk out an encouraging story we can use today to say, what legacy will we leave behind and what have other people overcome? We'll share those stories when we come back. Don't go away. You're listening to The New John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network.
0: simmons show is part of the testimony house network to learn more about the network or to watch other network programs please visit testimonyhouse.org now here's the new john simmons
1: welcome back to the program everybody New John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. If you would like to stay up to date with everything related to the New John Simmons Show, all you got to do is visit newjohnsimmons.com. There you can read our old blogs, listen to past episodes, and also stream the show live. Uh, All the things we can do to help you stay connected with the show, including behind-the-scenes pictures, our social media accounts are active there as well. Just visit newjohnsimmons.com today. Uh, Also, if you're with us now on Facebook... I'd like you to like and share tonight's show. We have an exciting program talking about uh, the testimony that we will leave behind, talking about what God is going to use us to do. Got a letter from Franklin Graham tonight, or earlier today, I should say, part of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Uh, The opportunity has presented itself now that Billy Graham has passed on for people to be risen up is God's ambassadors to continue to use their life and their faith to share what God's doing through them. Again, it's nothing that we've done. We're not special people. God has called all of us to love him and to worship him, but he's given us all unique callings and gifts, none of which are better than the other. The Bible clearly defines this when it talks about the roles of the members of the body of Christ and that, yes, we're all one body, but if we have A lack of a leg or we're missing an eyeball or missing an arm, how effective is that body? No, we all have to do what we were created to do. So if you're an arm, be an arm. If you're a leg, be a leg. If you're a brain, be a brain, (laughs) whatever that looks like in, in, in practicality anyway. The testimony that we have to leave behind stems from our relationship with Christ first. Without Christ, we can't find God's sentence for our life. There's just no way to stumble upon this path because God's created you to do something Uh, specific and unique to you, but you have to discover your gifts and talents that come after your relationship with Christ reveals these things. It's like there is a dark uh, room in your mind and it it takes Christ to turn on that light and, and for you to be able to see all the wonderful gifts and things that God has laid out for your life. All of the people and the doors are there too for your future. But it's going to take that relationship with Christ to get that light switch turned on. People have great lives. Don't get me wrong. People can live a wonderful, beautiful, you can be wealthy, you can have a, a, a wonderful family, you can have taken care of the world, you could have been a great volunteer. But without Christ, salvation cannot be part of your life. Eternity in heaven, this is just the truth of things because based on what the Bible says. And what the Bible says is after salvation shows up, we should start to share what God has put into our hearts. So I'm not trying to scare anybody, but it is the truth. Salvation is found only through Christ. And there are plenty of people to share similar stories as the one that I'm sharing with you now and that we've talked about early in the broadcast with Josh Hamilton. People that we recognize as finding Christ aren't always standing out in the front of what they professionally do and sharing their faith. So I pulled three testimonies of believers who have what I would call common obstacles that prevented them from finding Uh, God's plan for their lives Uh, eventually they found God's plan for their lives and now they're able to successfully if one of them has passed away but the other two able to use their lives now to share Christ but they aren't doing it from from an example of Billy Graham they're not trying to stand on the pulpit at stadiums and share the gospel they're just using their life whatever influence they have to share the Christ as they're able to I want to be able to go over some of the common obstacles that each one of these people faced in their walk, and also you might be facing today, because many things prevent us from writing God's sentence in our life, but I want to be able to encourage you to see that just because something is preventing us, it doesn't mean that it's going to always be that way. Let's start off with the testimony of Colonel Harlan Harlan Sanders from KFC.
2: You've experienced the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You betcha, it's great Great experience and the greatest experience I've had in my 89 years. Praise the Lord. 89 yeah. years of age. Yeah. What do you think about your great-granddaughter receiving the Lord Jesus Christ as her Savior? I think that was why I'm so proud because she was born and raised in a Catholic family. Very yeah. devout and uh, a good family they were. Yes. And the Catholic religion's all right. Yes. If yes. they just knew what made them Catholics, they don't know that. <laughs> <laughs> But they're just as devout, and a Catholic Christian, I guess, is just as good as any other Christian. And I have known some that were. Uh, but they don't have to ask some priest to intercede for them with the Lord. They can go straight to the Lord where they're talking their problems. That's exactly what you did. And that's what why did? that's the way I think it ought to be done. I, I, I'm greatly concerned for a lot of the older people. See, I was about what seventy-seven, wasn't I, when I found the Lord. Right. I knew. Uh, I should have him, and I, I should walk with him, but I I couldn't reach him. I, my sinfulness kept me. Away. You see, I used to curse terrible. Mm-hmm. Did it ever since uh, boyhood when I went to railroading. I got in the habit of it, and I, I wanted to quit for years and years, but I couldn't. Couldn't quit to save my life. I'd say I curse my note. I could do the prettiest job of cursing anybody in the world. <laughs> but I, I know it was, it was my soul would go to hell. My tithing and going to church and living right with my fellow man and all, that's not going to get you to heaven. You've got to get God in your heart and you've got to get in His heart too. Amen. So I just, say tonight, I think, I hope that the people that have reached the later years of life and haven't accepted Christ as holy, Amen. and give stuff. I hope that they don't put it off too long for listen time's getting shorter all the time yes. see for us yes, yes. it is and to the there I was fortunate enough to get by the last 77 how many of them died 60, 65, that's 64 that's true and seventy, eighty. they don't all get by so it's been a great place I have. I thank God though I have I think paid my debt a whole lot to him since then since I come into money and ability to do it don't you see yes Yes. Because when I started this chicken business, I I was sinful and all, but I prayed to God that if He'd make it a success, I'd see that His cause was always remembered and taken care of first. And you have. And I hope I have. Yes, you. And still doing it. I've never believed uh, I got a strange philosophy there. It's crazy. No use being the richest man in the cemetery because you can't do any business in there. (laughs) That's a good philosophy. (laughs) <laughs> I tried to fulfill my obligation to the Lord for bringing me through all those close calls, giving me health. I just don't know too many 89, 88-year-old men traveling a quarter of a million miles a year and doing their work like they always did. And good health, joy good health and everything. The Lord takes care of you. Yes, There's no question about it. Yes, he does.
1: Colonel Harlan Sanders founder of Kentucky Fried Chicken. That was his testimony from finding the Lord. Well, I don't necessarily agree with every word that he said in this commentary. What the, the point of this story is, is that at 77 years old, Colonel Sanders, as we refer to him nowadays, found Jesus Christ in his life. And I want to talk about the common obstacles uh, that he brought up in his testimony that I think many of us, uh, if we haven't experienced them, maybe we know someone who's experienced things like this in their lives. And I want to start with people thinking that they're too old to do anything. Okay, How many of us say, well, I'm too old, it's too late in life for me to do these things? God's plan is for you no matter when you find Christ. If you find Christ a week before you die, God's plan for your life is to do something in that week in faith that will leave behind the sentence for your life. There is just that. Uh, Being a certain age does not stop you from being what God's called you to be. Let's talk about this from a practical conversation for a second. Do you know what word is not in the Bible? Think about it. What word is not in the Bible in regards to being old or getting older? The word retire is not mentioned one time in the Bible. not saying you shouldn't retire that you can't or that you can't get to a point where you can retire from a worldly job, but the The idea of retiring, the idea of stopping and doing anything to sort of take care of yourself in the later years of your life, this concept is not biblical. My 96-year-old grandmother, who has known Christ her whole life, or at least most of it, shared the gospel with her entire family as we grew up, myself included. And none of us got born again uh, until my grandpa got born again on his deathbed. And then me. And now my mom's been baptized and born again. My sister's been going to church. We've seen changes take place in my family's life. And something the Lord always told my grandma was that our whole family would come to know Christ. And I was thinking, oh, there ain't no way I'm finding Christ. And <laughs> now I see things moving. And you go, man, her her sentence was maybe just to pray for us to get saved. But even further than that, my grandma is 96 years old. Guess what she hasn't done? retired she works and I should say she volunteers she's retired from two jobs but she volunteers three days a week at the local caring center which is sort of like a thrift store for the town she lives in three days a week my grandma gets up and goes to work 96 buckling knees hearing aid you can't she can't hear nothing she's there retirement is not in her vocabulary but for so many people who get later in life they're like well what can I do still? God's got a plan for you. I don't care how old you are. If you've got breath in your lungs, you can get your arms up and worship God. And when you're worshiping, guess what? He's going to talk to you. Start praising God and thanking him for the life you still have to live. And something the Bible talks about is redeeming lost time. If you feel like you've gotten too late in life and that you don't have opportunities ahead of you, know that God can restore the time that you've lost. So maybe God's plan for your life was for you to get born again, and you didn't listen and you didn't get there. But at 55, you find Christ, or even more more incredibly accurate to this testimony, 77 is how old Colonel Sanders was when he found Christ. And in that time period, Christ gave him the idea for this business. This business catapulted to what it is today, which is a nationally known restaurant chain that's in every country. And he used this gospel-sharing Kentucky Fried Chicken restaurant. Even though we don't know it as a Christian restaurant, God's definitely blessed it. God's absolutely used And part of the testimony that we didn't share here earlier was how much of the money and the things that Colonel Sanders was doing with the KFC money was Christ-related. And he was helping build things and do things that were centered around the kingdom. This happened because he found Christ and asked Christ to be in his life to write out his sentence. It can be an obstacle to, you know, think that you're too old, but it doesn't have to be where your life sticks at. When we come back, I've got two more testimonies to share with you. Uh, One from WWE superstar Shawn Michaels. You're not going to want to miss this one. Common obstacles that keep us away from writing God's sentence. How can we avoid them, and how can I give you hope... And maybe I won't give it to you. Maybe you hear it from these people later on in the show. But don't go away. You're listening to the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. I'm alive in you
0: again. I'm new. Get the latest news from the show? All you have to do is follow at New John Simmons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Now, let's get back to the new John Simmons Show. Cause you call me out from the grave So I can live like I've
1: been changed There is a new song in my soul And it begins when I breathe in What a appropriate song for tonight's conversation To be rose up and to live like you've been changed The concept of that song and also the concept of our new life in Christ. What testimony will you leave behind? That's the conversation on tonight's show. What testimony will you leave behind? Meaning, what are you going to do with your life after Christ shows up in it? It's not about your profession. It's not about how many people you got saved. It's were you obedient to God's will and when he called you, when whatever the task was that was sort of uncomfortable or outside of what you were used to, did you do it? Were you able to fulfill it? Or did you let common obstacles stand in the way of what God had for you? Uh, I've shared my addiction story with you too many times to count. We shared Josh Hamilton's addiction story with you earlier in the broadcast. And I want to share now a testimony from WWE superstar Shawn Michaels.
2: Well, when you started taking drugs, though. Why, would it, why drugs?
3: Well, you know what? First, first you, in your mind, you, yeah. you, you rationalize, it. oh, for the pain and this, that, and the other. I, I, I look at it idle hands. Idle hands are the devil's workshop. Yeah. I, 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 I just didn't know what to do with myself. I wasn't comfortable with myself. Uh, and, and so much of it was, you know, me finding me. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that didn't happen until, until I came to the Lord, believe it or not. It was, it was me running from me the longest and time. the drugs were what giving you an identity well, or it was no asking the it was the an escape. escape it was it was it was me not having to deal with myself mm-hmm. again stone cold sober you then have to deal with who you are what you've become and are and are you are you how are you doing as a man mm-hmm. and then eventually as, after i got married as a husband and then i became a father and and i wanted to be good at those roles mm-hmm. and i and I could convince myself that I was, but truly I wasn't. And then one day it was, it, it, was, it was a very quiet, uh, serene moment with with my son on the couch when I was half in the bag and he was two years old and he was crawling on me and I heard him say, "Daddy's tired," and I realized that day that he could he, he was now beginning to be able to see it, and um, and it just tore me up, and I and I and I said I, I said I, I have to. I, have to stop this. I can't live like this anymore. Were you able to kick it fast? It uh, took you one day. One day. You one kicked. day. Really? Uh, I mean, I tell everybody, and I've had people ask me, you know, gosh, how do you do it? And you know, did you do the twelve steps, I did the one step. It was Jesus, and that was it. That was... I, I, I drove the next day mm-hmm. into the parking lot of Cornerstone mm-hmm. Church, yeah. and I walked in. I walked into the office, and uh, and I said, I'm, I'm looking for a Bible study, and uh, and I didn't know this years later, Pastor Matt told me that they all, they all were in their offices and they heard Shawn Michaels was out there. And they thought it was some kind of WWE punk, punked episode or something. <laughs> and I had cameras with me. And, and, of course, I'm in there like, I'm in there searching for the Lord, by the way. And uh, But a man stuck his head out of his office. He said, you can come to my Bible study. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to the Bible study uh, that Wednesday night. And a guy asked me if I wanted to uh, say the sinner's prayer, become a Christian. I said, "No, I I, I do. Mm-hmm. And he led me. In the sinner's prayer, I wept like a baby, and I've never looked back. And and it yeah, happened it, that fast. It, it instant, just like that. Well, and, and again, that's why I've always people have always asked me, like, were you an addict? And I said, well, I, I don't, know, I don't know, I, I don't think so because I it wasn't wasn't tough. I didn't go through any, anything. I I I was, I was just running. I again, I I don't think I wanted to face who I was. And 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 again. Then knowing who I was in Christ just seemed to make all the difference. I believe in my, I guess in my simple mind, it was getting the affirmation that I always looked for.
1: That clip, courtesy of CBN Network. That's the testimony of Shawn Michaels, former WWE champion and current superstar. Uh, what I want to talk about is the common obstacles that many of us face, and that Shawn shared in his very personal testimony of being not necessarily a drug addict, but definitely having drugs in his life and they were influencing his future. And that he saw in his son's eyes that, man, I'm not going to be able to keep up or whatever it was that drew him to be want to be a great father for him. And he was like, I got to find this through Christ. Something that I want to bring up that you may have missed is that Sean was tired of doing things the way they used to be. He said something very poignant to me he says I can't live like this anymore something he said to himself this is what I prayed the night I got born again myself so not only did I pray this prayer Shawn Michaels prayed this prayer and it led them, us both to finding salvation through Christ and finding God's plan for our lives and even though you don't see Shawn on the pulpit every day he's used his influence to star in Christian films recently he even has a TV show uh, and he wears his, his faith on his sleeve. But what I want to talk about in regards to obstacles are that we get things in our lives that take the place that Christ is supposed to hold. For Sean, it was drugs. For me, it was gambling. For you, it could be your kids. Maybe your kids are more important to you than your relationship with God. It could be your job. Maybe you work too much and you don't have any idea what God wants you to do, but you know what you want to do, and you're you're chasing after that. So many things... Can prevent us from finding God's sentence. Another common obstacle that I see here in Sean's testimony is, and I saw this with Colonel Sanders too, he's talking about how he, he was having difficulty cursing and that he wanted to get right before he came to the Lord. And even I see this in Sean's testimony, like he wanted to beat this addiction and he had this one day event. And just like I did with the cigarettes, tossed them in a dumpster, never had to go through any withdrawals. God just delivered me from that addiction. We don't have to get right to go to Christ. There is no path to salvation that says, okay, well, once you stop cursing or once you get off the drugs, then you can be saved. No, it says, come to me as you are. Come to me as you are. The only thing you need to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Christ is Lord. That's the only prerequisite for salvation. But what do we do after we get born again is the question. Are we going to let these obstacles prevent us from finding Christ and therefore preventing us from writing God's sentence for our life? The plans that he has for your life is what that means. Have been uniquely created for you. Ephesians 2.10, you have been designed by God. You are his handiwork. Created to do what? Good works through Christ Jesus. Good works we define as what Christ talks about in Matthew 22 about the greatest commandments are to love God and love others as yourself. When we are living out lives that have this foundation where it's not about us, it's about others and we are able to be satisfied and find joy and hope in our lives through serving others. The guy from KFC made a ton of money but he also served others. Now some some would say he served them poorly. Uh, maybe the chicken's bad or maybe it's killing us in our arteries but the point is is that it doesn't matter what job you have or what area it is, he, he, the point of that was is that Colonel Sanders ain't a minister in regards to the way Billy Graham was a minister. But we're all able to do our part within the body. But the point is, we all have a point. The testimony from I Am Second from Kathy Lee Gifford will describe what we all should be looking for in regards to our relationship with Christ.
4: And I remember going to sleep that night and saying, you know what? Every single day, if I wake up and I have a pulse, I have a purpose. We live in a copycat world. You're supposed to be you, you, uniquely. That's the first letter of unique, you. And that brings a smile to God's face because he didn't make a mistake with you. Life does beat you down. Loss beats you down. Hardship takes its toll. Illness destroys your body. And Jesus said, it's not going to be easy. He said, in this world, you will have trouble, but rejoice, take heart. I have overcome the world. And because I have, I will empower you to overcome your world. My joy is non-negotiable. I tell you, that's the beginning of bliss in life. You understand where your joy comes from, and then you protect it with everything in you. I want to be purposeful. Every day in my life, every moment of it. I'm also getting too old to waste it. But all right. God is not the enemy of joy. He is the creator of joy. we got a lot to rejoice about. You want to fly. You want to soar. You want to dream big dreams and see them come true. You need to partner with the right person.
1: Only Jesus. Only Jesus. That testimony from I Am Second from Kathy Lee Gifford, who most recently after the death of Billy Graham, uh, very publicly shared her faith in Christ on The Megan Kelly Show and its other shows since, God's really done a work in a lot of people's lives. And we all have a testimony to share about what he's pulled us through or what he's done in our lives since. And I love this premise from Kathy Lee that she shares about our relationship with God and what we should be looking for, common obstacles are, is that we face or that God can't use somebody like me. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't know enough people. God picked fishermen and tax collectors. He picked a hodgepodge of people to be his apostles. When he picked Paul, he picked the murdering (laughs) leader of the Christian faith. God can use anybody. But we have to understand that, and this is what Kathy shared in her testimony, is that Christ came to overcome the world, and because he's done that, he's now empowered us to overcome the world as well. So whatever situation you may be going through, whatever may be preventing your breakthrough and finding salvation and finding hope through Christ and finding that next step in your job or at your school and finding yourself... Being excited to not live like you used to, but being excited to live the life that God has created you for. These are the things that we need to look forward to in life. God is the creator of joy, Kathy says, and we share this verse off in Romans fifteen thirteen. If we put our trust in Christ, God who is the God of hope will overflow our lives with joy, peace, and hope. Overflow. Our cups will never empty. Our lives will never seem less than. It will always be an overflow. It will be spilling out into all sorts of areas into our lives. People notice when you drop something and it overflows. People notice if you spill. And when God starts spilling his love and his blessings and his favor and his plans into your life, people are going to notice. And it's going to fill your cup with joy. And they're going to want some of that joy for themselves. The testimonies we leave behind are important, not just because of what God is doing in our lives. But ultimately, it's all about what God will use us to leave behind in others. I've heard the testimony of Josh Hamilton, which helped shape my life. It didn't lead me to Christ, but it helped give me hope and maybe kept me around long enough to find him. Many of us have testimonies from other people, whether it's a believer or people who have influenced our lives if we don't know Christ yet. Stories that we've heard that have really encouraged us to either keep going when it's been tough we love these types of stories. It's like every movie in Hollywood, isn't, isn't it? The fact that the hero is, is doing okay and then he gets knocked down and you don't know if he's going to get back up and then he perseveres and he overcomes the roadblocks. All the great stories of sports and, and movies and, and all the feel-good stories that we've heard over the years. people their feel-good stories because people have overcome something. We don't We don't so much like the stories of somebody who's had it their whole lives. No, one, no one's really uh, super pumped about the testimony of, like, Donald Trump recently, right? He's been rich his whole life. We can't connect with that, but we can connect with the stories of people who need to overcome. And guess what? We're all sinners. We've all messed up, and we can all overcome that obstacle if we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Christ is Lord. We can be saved that way. Uh, That's all it takes to get into heaven, but if we want to find God's plan for our lives, Jeremiah 29.11 says that God has a plan, which is a a future and a hope for our lives, not to harm us, but to give us a future and a hope. And it says in Jeremiah 29.12 that if we would seek him in prayer, we could ask and find these things. So I would encourage you tonight that if you want to find God's plan for your life, if you want to start writing the testimony in your life, it all begins with asking God. That's going to do it for tonight's show. Thank you, Mr. Curtis, behind the boards. Thank you all for watching on Facebook. And, of course, head over to newjohnsimmons.com to click on the podcast page and get our past shows, the Apple iTunes Store, watch our old videos on YouTube. And for all of you listening in tonight, I pray you discover a future and a hope for your life today.
0: Thanks for listening to the new John Simmons Show, part of the Testimony House Network. To replay this episode or listen to past episodes, look for the New John Simmons Show podcast on your mobile device. Stay connected to the show. Read the latest news, blog posts, and see behind-the-scenes photos by following at New John Simmons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. If you would like to learn more about how you can begin to write God's sentence for your life or join a growing community of people who are finding passion, vision, and faith for their lives, please visit newjohnsimmons.com. Until next time, we pray you discover a future and a hope for your life today.